of a fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them enduring it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hello. Why were you so put off by that, PJ? Well, it sounded like Matt, I don't know, went a bit Scottish. Hello. I just said hello. 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 Yeah, it's in Sackdoid, so hello. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Actually, in second place for Hello, How dare you? <laughs> Matt, how are you today? I'm okay. I've, uh, I've had some dental work today, so uh, my face is back. I, I left my dentist surgery this morning at about 10 o'clock uh, with an entirely sort of numb lower jaw. And, uh, yeah, I had to catch the train home because... Well, frankly, I'm lying to my dentist about where I live because my dentist is good and cheap. <laughs> Let's hope they don't listen to this. I'm sure they won't. <laughs> the odds are in Matt's favour. <laughs> well, this week we are looking at The Council, which was written by Manny Koto, directed by David Livingston, and first aired on the 12th of May, 2004. And we just opened in a white void where three or four, I don't know, of these sphere builder people are talking to each other, going, well, you know, the timelines are still maybe saying that the humans might succeed, but then again, they might not. So why don't we just keep doing what we're doing? That's it. It's it's an allegory for, for evangelicalism, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I think that's what's going on here. You you have like a, a God-like figure that you can't prove anything on, but if you are against this God, then you are against the people who work for this lousy God. I mean, I absolutely hate to think what state humanity would be in if our God was a physical presence that we didn't need to try and prove, but still was had questionable intent and like possibly lied to us and stuff. And it's basically the government, right? That's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's face it: church and state are inextricably linked. Therefore, <laughs> God is the government. <laughs> Sadly, or at least the establishment, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And with our current establishment, my word, there's nothing established yeah. about any of it. My wife has lived in the country for two months and has lived through three prime ministers. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, dearie me. We need a federation. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we were in the kind of a federation. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, we, we've got to have the planet come together before we can have a federation. 
let's let's uh, be careful though because we are we are that would tip us into annoying the uh, one one world one government world people and uh, i mean they're not listening but in the future they might and then like in three years time we'll be like getting tweets from somebody who remembers this episode where we're like <laughs> unite the world under one government or something and then we're going to get razzed on twitter and we're going to be like what <laughs> what <laughs> We're just a silly little Star Trek comedy podcast. You shouldn't take anything we say seriously. That's right. But you should still not put sugar puffs up your dick, right? Yeah, take that seriously. Yeah. If you take one thing from this podcast, take that. <laughs> yeah, don't. All right. Put... Where's our fan out of the Honey Monster saying that as his catchphrase? That's what we need now. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we never talk about the Arboreals just being like Dr. Zaius? And the Planet of the Apes guy. Because they're the honey monster now. That's that's Vince yeah, Hunt's fault. I know. But they super look like... Well, yeah, we know who Volder is. But, <laughs> I mean, they super look like Dr. Zayas and the... They the do, Orion. actually, yeah. But then we'd start singing... I hate every ape I see From chimpanzee to chimpanzee <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas Etc. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas <laughs> Help me, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> what the fuck am I hearing right now? Do you not remember that episode of The Simpsons, Elliot, where Troy McClure stars in. Narration Z, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Planet of the Apes musical. It's been many years since I've seen any Simpsons episode pre season 15. Like, Yeah, that's an early one. That's, yeah, that's like one of the best ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I haven't seen any of those episodes for years. I'm going to razz you using Twitter or something now. I didn't say it was bad. I just haven't seen it for ages. Oh, so you are watching the bad episodes, though, the post-season. I'm not watching any, but they're the only ones that I ever, like, glimpse on my way past a screen or catch a flash of on the internet or something. What do you watch on a screen? I, well, I've just told you I go past the screen. I'm not really watching it. I get a glance. <laughs> Elliot doesn't watch screens. He just walks past them and hopes they're showing Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, I have to plan He's walks. like fucking Jules Holland, like walking through a studio. We've <laughs> got a great lineup on the show tonight. We have Coldplay. We have Alicia's Attic. I don't know. That's, that's a deep cut. <laughs> wow, Alicia's that is a pull. <laughs> We're Alicia's Attic, everyone. Jules Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone mad. Oh my god, I, I I was gonna say something about Archer being stupid, and I have no idea what it was just being specific. You'll have about, plenty so. of opportunity in this episode, but we're still on that opening scene because I did want to say it's another instance where Enterprise has ripped off Deep Space Nine because they the sphere builds are sort of outside time, and they've clearly just gone, "Well, let's do the Celestial Temple again." Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You don't know what the Celestial Temple is. No, shit. I just remembered the actual <laughs> intro was like them all in a white void. And... Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that was weird. It's, so I've, I've, um, yeah. So I've had, I've, I was starved for a while today. And then after I was allowed to eat again and I could feel my face, I had a delicious Thai soup. Then I had an enormous bowl of ice cream because obviously I haven't learned my lesson about looking after my teeth. <laughs> and I think it's given me the hyperactives. Well, you'll probably crash about halfway through the episode, so it'll be very <laughs> So the Enterprise and Degra's ship are together again after the pointless episode last week that really was just padding. 
and they're on their way to the Zindi Council, and you know, that's nice, I guess. Yay, more board meetings. <laughs> Star Trek, there's so many board meetings. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's 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 the thinking man's space future board meeting, so it's interesting. That, it's not the thinking man's. Do you reckon the Zindi Council like decides what days that the Zindi bins are have to be collected? Yeah, but then you'll have like the insectoid saying, "We want it on I don't know what an insect day," because they've probably all got days named after them. And the lizardmen are like, "No, we should have it on arboreal day because the arboreals smell like trash." Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I bet the arboreals like to swim in trash, like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> also, Elliot, have you been watching Andor? The current no. Star Wars show. I, I've not even seen the like first of the new. What was it? The Mandalorian. Like I've I've not seen any of the Star Wars shows. I'm going to say Andor is some of the best Star Wars that's been out for a while. A lot of board meetings. Yeah, just saying. My friend is in Andor. My yeah. My old old chum Sule Rimi is uh, plays the part of Lieutenant Gorn or Lieutenant Gorn as they would say in um yeah in in Andor. So. And he's very, very good. He is very good. I'll send you a picture of us dressed up as Ghostbusters that you can post onto the social media to make me look better. <laughs> look, I hang out with Star Wars people. <laughs> I'm not just a petty weirdo. <laughs> but T'Pol is visiting Flocks in Sick Bay, and he's like, hey, there's no Trillium in you at all. Isn't that nice? And she's like, I've still got some emotions when a certain thing happens. And then Trip walks into the room, and T'Pol's like, I got a headache, I got to go. And then Trip's like, I thought Vulcans didn't get headaches. And I'm like, who told you that? Yeah, she has had constant headaches through this whole show. Many of them caused by him. <laughs> yeah, also, why why is she still harking on about this? You've heard from yourself. It's there forever. Like, just deal with it. I think this is more Flocks wanting to give her a checkup than her going to sick. He's probably regular checkups to make sure all the trellium's out of her system. That, that I totally understand, but... If if she's the one who went, I'm still feeling emotions as if there's anything to be done about it. She's already had the answer to that dilemma. Well, no, that was a possible future that no longer exists. So now she's hoping maybe I can get rid of them. That possible future alters her biology and changes the outcome of this biological affect? Science fiction. <laughs> you do fixate on the weirdest, tiniest details, Elliot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? What do you mean, what the hell? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it also doesn't really matter. None of the show matters. Some of it matters, Elliot. How dare you? Anyway, <laughs> we cut to the situation room where Degra is there with T'Pol and Archer, and they're looking at the spheres, and they're like, hey, we're close to one, so we've got this information, you've got that information. If we can go inside that sphere, we can get even more information. Information. Shun, 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 shun. <laughs> And yeah, why the fuck not? So they're going to put away, put together an away mission on a shuttle pod of Malcolm, Travis, and T'Pol, and they're going to go and get this data from the Sphere and then meet up with the Enterprise and Degra ship a little bit later on while they're talking to the Council. And then we get a scene of Malcolm summoning a Mako named Corporal Hawkins, and he says, oh, Hawkins, you've had uh, training in, you know, like, zero-G and, and environmental suits, right? And Hawking's like, yeah, yeah, why? And Malcolm's like, well, we really need an expendable character that the audience don't yeah. care about to come on this mission with us. 
I, I was going to say, like, Malcolm just turned to that man and said, oh, uh, Corporal Hawkins, you want to die in the vacuum of space alone and cold, don't you? And he's just like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I value life less than you. Yeah, and I, whilst I know this is a big Star Trek trope, I'm t- totally not used to the show doing it, so I didn't pick up on this until it actually happened later on in the episode. It's because he wasn't wearing a red shirt. That too, that helps. Oh, according to Memory Alpha, he had been in three other episodes of Enterprise, so there we go. Wow. Wow, nobody cares about the makeup. No. We did not notice. <laughs> if it had been Major Hayes, I'd have noticed, but that's it. Yeah, they should have killed Major Hayes, shouldn't they? Oh, spoiler, Hawkins going to die. What was the character that you posted in our chat of the of a guy with a metal jaw when I, I said good luck with the dentist replacing your jaw? What is the okay. character? So that PJ, do you know who that character is? I assumed it was Jaws from James Bond Jr. It was indeed Jaws from the short-lived 90s cartoon James Bond Jr. <laughs> and this is where you insert a clip if you can of him saying the name's Bond, James Bond, James Bond Jr., and then he's dead because someone shot him for <laughs> taking too long to say his own fucking name. Ah, uh, yes. Mr. Bond. James Bond Jr. I've never watched James Bond Jr. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Yeah, he does. He's like, the name's James. James Bond. James Bond hyphen Allegra Stevens Williams Jr. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Kill him. Kill James Bond. M is the real enemy. Kill them all. What? Firstly, that character was so strangely drawn with his mouth. He hasn't got any top lip. His teeth just kind of start below his nose. It's really weird. Secondly, he looks like Admiral Hype Man. Uh, I mean, he has shiny black hair. Yes. And a big brow. And a weird... (laughs) Did you think that there was a really weird animated series of Star Trek where Commander Hype Man (laughs) was a cyborg? No, I I didn't think that Star Trek had that many balls. <laughs> oh, could we pitch the animated Commander Hype Man Adventures show though to who's the dude running it at the moment? Kurtzman? No, we can't. I mean, basically, the character we've described is what's his name from Lower Decks, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so yeah, basically, they do it. They really do it. We'll post a picture of Jaws from James Bond Junior. in the social media feed. So everybody was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, did I, did I, did I like fast forward thirty seconds by mistake? No, you didn't. We're just talking about something weird that that nobody cares about, as always. Like Enterprise. I mean, at the end of the day, that's let's face it. This podcast, we're using Star Trek as an excuse to just talk about whatever the fuck we want to every week. Yeah, so. <laughs> but weirdly, we always talk about Star Trek. <laughs> well, you need that jumping off point. Anyway, back to Star Trek. <laughs> Degra goes back to his ship and a sphere builder just shows up because apparently now they they just know everything and can turn up anywhere probably should have done that earlier in the season but whatever and she's like hey you should still have faith in us and Degas are like no don't want it you're shit so I I got a theory about what's going on here do you remember uh, Stardust is that the name of the one the Neil Gaiman thing yeah 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 Stardust yeah Charlie Cox Daredevil was in the film adaptation. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, he I, was in Stardust. Right, okay. Who did he play? The main guy. I can't remember. Christian. Christian? No. I can't remember the character's anyway. name, but yeah. So my theory is is that them having to communicate with a Zindi is like having a Babylon candle. Like, <laughs> if they, like 
they can maybe get a couple more, but they, there's a lot of struggle to do it. So they have to like keep it short. And you know, if one shows up and starts like razzing you for not believing in them, that there's some, some fucking bullshit going on. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, she turns up in a lot of places in this episode, but <laughs> yeah, she's she's rinsing through that Babylon candle. That's why she's uh, yeah. A Babylon candle, by the way, if you don't know what it is, is a candle that allows you to to like transport from one place to another. I think it's based upon the nursery rhyme. How many miles to Babylon? Look it up. Read a fucking book, you pricks. <laughs> Preferably more than one. I don't want people coming yeah. and saying, hey, I have read a book. I'm like, oh, fuck off. But it turns out that they read that Alvin Hall book about sorting out your finances and it makes them really rich and then they give us money to not do this anymore. <laughs> but she leaves and Degra is all, oh, I built a weapon and killed millions of people. Oh, no, that's a shame. Is it Oppenheimer who invented the atom bomb? In Oh, yeah, yeah. This is very much an Oppenheimer thing. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that Trips like really annoyed that he's not Oppenheimering. Like Trip would be more satisfied if he was sitting there going, I am become your sister's dead corpse. <laughs> like but he's not. He's just kinda like, ah yeah, I, I killed people and I'm sad about it. But he wants him to probably be like mentally breaking down because of the guilt. I'm sure I'm sure there was a click hole like article ages ago that <laughs> that took that I am become death the destroyer of words and went We've just taken uh, Robert Oppenheimer's quote and gr- corrected it grammatically. I am death, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> but there's more conversation now between Degra and Archer, with Degra going, well, you've got evidence, but it might not be enough, but it might be enough, but it might not be enough. And Archer's like, oh, okay. And then they go, we're going to go down to the council. I'm going to go sit with the council, but I'm with you, like mentally, not physically. I'm going to be sitting over there physically, but mentally, I'm backing you. I I have a chair. I don't want to give up my chair. It's comfortable, but I am on your side. (laughs) And then he's like, right, the, the sloth men, they're going to agree with us. The swimmy dudes, they are going to take a long time, but they'll agree with us. And then the insect dudes and the lizard dudes, they're going to want to kill you. Let's go! Yeah. And he's like, and you, you, the lizard guys, you, they'll be quick to anger. They'll, they'll make a decision quicker. Everybody else, like the the water guys, they'll take ages to do it. And the fawns, you just have to play it cool. Like you can tell <laughs> you're faking it. So if you're not actually being cool, you'd be like, hey, are you going to support this? Huh? So you, you know, you've got to really like work hard on the fawns. And oh, just like I have no idea what you're talking about anymore. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You'll, you'll know when he turns up. And then the Fonz comes in, jumping over the top of a Zindi Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Happy Days, Ugh. and I know exactly what you're talking about and get everything. <laughs> yeah, that's how iconic this bullshit is. Fonzy. Hit in the fucking jukebox. Never seen it before. No, it happens. <laughs> Uh, isn't it crazy that Clint and Ron Howard I mean not together Ron Howard is the dad of Bryce Dallas Howard Bryce Dallas Howard who is lovely and Clint and uh, Ron Howard not so lovely is Bryce Dallas Howard the one from Jurassic World yeah yeah I love Bryce Dallas Howard she's great yeah she's good Uh Clint, Clint Howard is um, an amazing Star Trek turn up, though, isn't he? 
Yeah, I think he's in three or four episodes and like a range of series. I think like original series, Deep Space Nine and Discovery. It's like, yeah, what? I love it when he turns up. I think he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we cut from Archer and Degra to like the tanning salon on the Lizard Man ship. <laughs> this bit made me laugh so much. Just, why is he tanning? <laughs> oh, the stupid suit is giving me line marks. <laughs> this is this is Dolim, the commander of the Lizard Men. We've said his name on the show before, but this episode apparently is the first time the show's used his name. And right. he's just lying there under the lamps, going, I'm toasty warm. Um, Toasty Womp. Do you know what would be really cool? If he had a big hot rock to lie on as well. (laughs) Don't make me get off my hot rock. And it's like a little salt pool underneath. (laughs) He's catching flies with his tongue. Yeah. (laughs) But then one of his lizard friends walks into the room and says, so Degra's ship's turned up and there's a load of other Zindi ships and they've got the Enterprise with them and they're not killing each other. And Dolan's like, oh, fuck, this sounds weird. So he goes to the bridge, and then they speak to Degra, and Degra's like, yeah, we're going to bring the humans to the council, and we're going to just straighten all this out. We're going to do talking instead of fighting. And Dodum's like, oh, I don't like that. So Degra fires a torpedo just next to his ship, and Dodum goes, all right, we'll do talking. <laughs> yeah. That, this whole thing was, like, weird. It, it just reeked of people who didn't usually do fighting having to do some fighting. Mm. Fire a torpedo and explode it off their port bow like 300 meters away. He's like, why? I don't know, just people doing it in films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did quite like the shots of the Enterprise being escorted by the various Zindi vessels, though. Oh, that was quite cool. Yes. I love how Degra's ship is like just like a weird little like beetle-shaped thing with like a big gun on the top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks like the submarine that you have to use in that one level of Star Fox 64. Oh, yeah, the the Blue Marine. Is that what it's called? Oh. I think that's what it was called in Lilith Wars, yeah. And you blew up a giant clam monster. Good time. Oh, it does look like that. It also <laughs> looks like um, the, 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 the Sheathapede shuttles from Star Wars. Okay, even I'm not sure which ones you're talking about. <laughs> it's the it's like the separatist. Type, Google it, Sheathapede. www.google.com Sheath a Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> great. And once again, great radio, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I just want to let you know that you don't need to put in the www dot anymore, Patrick. You can just write Google. I am set in my ways. Let me do my thing. <laughs> www.fuckyou.com Don't go there. Again, just fuck you.com, but it's all good. <laughs> no, www. <laughs> Don't go to fuck you.com. With or without the W's. Anyway, Archer's going to take Hoshi with him to the Zindi Council. So they go down to the planet and they're walking to the council. And this is where Degra starts briefing them and is like, so shout at the aquatics, but be quiet to the insects. Oh, all these yeah. weird rules. <laughs> Yeah, and if I tug my forelock and tap my cap twice, <laughs> this this is where he goes around and tells Archer like the differences in the history about each species briefly, mm. right? 
yeah, this is the closest that Star Trek's been to an anime. That's a very anime thing to do, to suddenly introduce a room full of characters and then just quickly give you an exposition dump about each one. Like, <laughs> this is so... I was I was kind of laughing throughout this, because I was like, <laughs> I'm doing a thing I've seen before. I, I would have really liked it if this scene would have featured Archer with a giant bead of sweat next to his head, and then later... <laughs> Him lying on the deck with like two big X's for eyes and like a throbbing vein on his forehead that's like shaped like a weird X. I got a second, Matt. Have you seen an anime? Only hentai. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was worried for a second. <laughs> I mean, I have seen anime, yeah. I, I've seen Ghost in the Shell and I've seen Akira, like the anime that you're allowed to watch. But I, I also did when I was young. <laughs> watch a few episodes of the Pokemon cartoon. And sure, I sure. also have seen, uh, I think quite a few, actually. Does anyone else remember, Elliot won't, because he wasn't born. But Matt, do you remember there was like an anime sequel to Thunderbirds in the uh, mid-80s, like Thunderbirds 20XX or something? I do not, but I'm going to look this ah, up. Using... It, was, it was shown on Saturday morning TV, and it's the first anime I remember watching. Wow. I think the first one I remember like watching would have been like and this is not quite the same thing, but like Mysterious Cities of Gold or Oh, that was great. Actually, my favourite cartoon as a child was U- Ulysses 31. That is also amazing. That was French, wasn't it, though, that one? It was, yeah, but it's still anime, right? It's, <laughs> it's close enough. It's like anime. Now I have an excuse to put a bit of the Ulysses 31 theme tune into the episode, and that's a you great theme to, tune. So, because it is the best theme tune that was ever created. It's even better than Thundercats because when you listen to Thundercats nowadays, you're like, it's just a lot of people going wah, yeah, wah, gee, wah, with music. Yeah. And weirdly, a lot of piano.
Yeah, yeah. It, the Thunder, actually, the Thundercats theme is fucking amazing. And the Transformers <laughs> one is not the weird TV one, though, where they just like, it sounds like the people who sang the Flintstone song were like br- brought back from the grave to sing an 80s theme <laughs> song as well. Transformers season two is pretty good because they changed yeah. it each season. Season two is pretty good. Mask had a great theme tune. Oh, that was absolutely astounding. Elliot's like you, you might have seen Ben 10 or something. He doesn't even <laughs> rank next to those guys. Firstly, fuck you, Matt. No. And secondly, <laughs> the only theme tune from that era that seems to have carried on through pop culture to be able to recall easily today is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. That one, though, they basically just redo slightly differently for every new Turtles series, is my understanding. Right. Oh, okay. So that will have helped it carry along. The good thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a really good a way to razz people that you work with. Because you could say, right, let's decide which turtles we are. And then you pick the boring person. You go, you're Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> some people like being Leonardo, though. It's, you know, it's, some people like responsibility. Well, he's got the swords and the blue headband, so... It's true. This podcast... I think, Uh-oh. Patrick, you are Leonardo. Ah, oh, fuck. Leonardo <laughs> wouldn't not... say fuck, so... <laughs> yeah. I think that Elliot is Raphael. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I want the red headband, but I don't want forks for weapons. <laughs> no, Splinter gave him those weapons because he was too aggressive, and he, he gave him defensive weapons so he could learn balance. Mm. They're, they're literally pointy, sharp sticks. Like, 
Okay, here's the idea. You could be Raphael, but you have a fucking gun, all right? You happy? <laughs> Never. We're recording our silly podcast. You're Raphael with a fucking, with a six shooter. AK. With an AK. No, you're having an AK-47. You're having like a pistol. Pistol <laughs> for defense. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, it turns out the council chamber is in an old Flyies indie. They're all dead, remember? One of their places. Archer's like, oh, I feel like I'm going to the principal's office. And Hoshi goes, I never went to the principal's office. And Archer went, you fucking swat. I fucking yeah, did. Yeah, you're a swat, Hoshi. Everybody knows you're a massive swat. And then she's like, why did you go to the principal's office? And he's like, oh, I don't have time to tell you now. And I thought <laughs> they were just going to leave it there. But they do revisit it later in the episode. So we'll come to that in a bit. And it's spoiler. I mean, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to say what he says now, but it could have been said right in that scene and it wouldn't have mattered. Yes, yes it could yeah. have. It could have. Anyway, they reach the council. It doesn't go very well because was like, he just wants us to not destroy his planet. And Archer's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. This, this was a scene that played out beforehand, before it had even played out. It was like, yeah, okay, this... This is what's going to happen when we go in there. These three are going to... Well, these two are going to be like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. The aquatic ones are going to be like, we're not sure. And then the lizards and the insects are going to be like, fuck you. And then that's exactly what happened. And it took like five, ten minutes to happen, despite the fact that it had already been laid out beforehand. You've been told that at some time in the future, my world is going to destroy yours. That's a lie. He said the Guardians have never lied to us. The Guardians built the spheres. They're reconfiguring the expanse, preparing it for colonization. You reek of desperation. You would say anything to save your world, as evidenced by this manufactured data. It's the truth. The data is accurate. Anyone with an objective eye will come to the same conclusion. You have no idea what the truth is. Your sympathy for these humans has corrupted your judgment. My judgment is perfectly sound. Were you using sound judgment when you attacked my ship? You were trying to prevent us from reaching this council. I was protecting this council! This is not relevant. We're here to discuss the humans' claims. Agreed. We need to return to the subject at hand. I am trying to save my world. But it's not just Earth that's in danger. If you wipe out mankind, you'll be destroying yourself. I refuse to listen to any more of this. Earth is going to lead a battle that defeats the Sphere Builders. They know this. That's why they manipulated you into attacking us. Enough! I know that you love to razz this, but I, I think that this actually kind of worked in because of the payoff of what happens. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's annoying to have to kind of... I wish they'd kind of like done like an Ocean's Eleven and just kind of cut to each of the people as he was explaining what they did. You know, it's like you've got, you know, the reptile guy like eating a salad in a restaurant with like sunglasses on. It's like, Commander Dolim, he won't... He, he, you'll never secede your demands. I totally... Yeah, that this scene had a thing to do and it like is part of what happens afterwards. That's absolutely fine. It's just that the fact that it was so clearly laid out beforehand what was going to happen and then there was absolutely zero expectation subversion to like spice things up afterwards means that it kind of fell flat for me. 
I'm not trying to razz it this time. I'm just saying what didn't work about it for me. I get that. Yeah, I, I do. I do get what you mean, but I kind of I think the intention of the scene was like Archer had to do his theatrics, and like maybe if Archer would have been like coming up to the insectoids and going, "Hey, buddy, you should probably fly with me," and then going up to the aquatics and going. You should be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like when the aquatics or the insects would speak and then everyone would have to wait for Hoshi to translate it as well. People can... Do you reckon the Zindi guys in the council can understand? Well, yeah, they can understand each other, can't they? Because they've done it before. Yeah, they must be able to in some way. Yeah. The insectoids, they're wearing silly little outfits, aren't they? Yes. I don't think I'd really really appreciated this before, but they look really stupid in little clothes. They're just really weird. <laughs> I mean, at least they're not wearing copper piping like the lizard men. That's true. But do you know those, like, hot dogs that are kind of wrapped in pastry? Yeah. They look like those. Like, no, I don't mean a sausage roll. I mean the ones that are kind of, like, wrapped in, like, a sort of a croissant style. Yeah, yeah. Pastry. I'm going to look them up. Pastry. Okay. Carry on. Sausages. So this is where the lizard men and the insectoids are going. He's made this evidence up, and everyone else is going. Well, no, he's he's not. We've looked at it. They go, no, he definitely is. And then Dolim tries to leave, and Degra's like, no, don't leave. And Dolim punches Degra, and Archer tries to defend him, but then an insectoid throws Archer to the ground, and then goes clicky clicky click at him. And Hoshi says, "Oh, you don't want to know what he said." And I think it was, "I'm going to lay eggs in your asshole." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean. A couple of weeks ago, I made a joke, a nice fun joke about putting sugar puffs up your dick. You come <laughs> along. <laughs> and now he's, people are laying eggs in people's assholes. Take the sanctity of this pure, pure <laughs> podcast. Deeply upsetting. <laughs> Good God, I hope none of us ever run for political office. Yeah, what, what horrible imagery, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty grim when you really stop and think about it. You're thinking about, like... <laughs> You know that chestburster scene? Play it, Which play one? It the other way that, that original, iconic, first ever chestburster scene with John Hurt. Yeah. yeah. I imagine it coming at his bum. No, <laughs> uh, see. A bumburster scene. I was thinking that maybe like three weeks before the chestburster scene, like Kane had, or like Dallas had terrible diarrhea and everyone saw it. And then <laughs> two weeks later, that happened. And that's the equivalent of me talking about sugar puffs up the dick and Patrick talking about eggs getting laid in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, you need uh, something going in something catchphrase, and it has to be gross. I don't want to have to work for this. <laughs> That's your homework for this week. <laughs> uh, Neither Matt nor I put work into it. They just came out of us. <laughs> like those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could probably work a catchphrase out of that. All those sugar puffs eventually... Oh, what if you have sugar puffs in your dick and eggs in your ass? You're oh, really in a bad up. place. Just give up. Just end your own life. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want eggs in my ass. Don't include <laughs> Enterprise in your life. I mean, like, creature eggs. I mean, I don't want, like, chicken eggs either. Those are creature eggs. <laughs> Chickens are creatures, too. <laughs> God damn it, if we only had t-shirts... <laughs> <laughs> one day <laughs> uh, we cut back to the sphere where the shuttle pod is approaching it and T'Pol's like just fly into it 
And everyone else is going, no, I don't like this. No, fly into it. And it turns out there was a hologram thing. And Malcolm rightfully says, you know, you could have said that was a hologram we were going to go through. And Tabal's like, yes. no, I like messing with you. Yeah, Malcolm is absolutely right. Yeah, people who just say, just do it. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't. I would, I would fuck that up. I would have fucked up that mission because I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You'd be like, "No, I'm not crashing the ship." And she'd be like, "But you have to trust me." And I'd be like, "Fuck you! Tell me why you're saying the thing you're saying." She could have just said, "It's a hologram," and you'd be like, "Ah, oh, right. Oh, cool. I'll fly through it." Whereas if that comes, if she'd been pressed to explain more, she would have said, "There's no time." Yeah. In which like, case, it's fine. Fifteen seconds till impact. Plenty of time to say it's a hologram. Probably about fifteen times. It's a hologram. Scanner show. Scanner show <laughs> to Paul. Like, okay, okay, we get it. Go, go, go. <laughs> but now they're in the sphere. Travis stays in the shuttle pod. And Malcolm to Paul and Captain Expendable just go for a walk. Oh. Just a little harmless, eventless walk. Yeah. That they shall all return from. This bit kind of reminded me of The Expanse. Uh, I don't know if you can remember. I think it's season three, maybe, where they go to like some rando planet. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. With Bern Gorman. Yeah, with Bern, the excellent Bern Gorman, who is absolutely mm. fantastic. And I love, I think I've probably mentioned it on this show before, but there's one bit in The Expanse where he goes, must be something about my face. And I'm like, yes, yes, Bern Gorman. It is something about your face. It is. And I love you for it. <laughs> Unless he's in Pacific Rim. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Pacific Rim. Oh, he's just a fucking nerd in Pacific Rim. <laughs> All right. I mean, isn't he in Torchwood as well? Yeah. Does Is he a baddie in that? Uh, he's like a moral grey area good guy. Oh, okay. That's fine. That suits him. Elliot, do you know who Burn Gorman is? No. Google him, you'll know. He's just one of those character actors that you'll definitely know. You've seen Torchwood, haven't you, Elliot? Yeah, I don't remember too much of it, but yeah. He's, he's a main character in the first two seasons, so you'll recognise him. He's in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He's in everything. He's one of those just keeps turning up. I think he was in one of the Nolan Batman films as well. Yeah, he was. Like a oh, of- is, he, is he Owen from Torchwood? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is good. He's like um, Eddie Marzan or like, what's the name of your man who Cassian Andor kills in Rogue One? Danny Mays. Like, they're just oh, sort yeah, of like, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Or like Olivia Coleman used to be as well, but isn't anymore because now she's like superstar. Similar to the, I don't know, he's got that very kind of like gaunt face, very hollow cheeks. Yeah, he's got a, quite a long mouth. I feel like he could get sort of typecast similar to the guy who played the, I have no idea what his name is, and I kind of feel bad for it because I've seen him in a few other things. The like the most, most recent Star Wars films had this like ginger general of the Empire Donald Gleason, Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, he's Brendan Gleason's son. Is he really? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And I might have butchered the pronunciation of his first name there. I do apologize if I did. Anyway, him. <laughs> so, back in the council chamber on the Zindi place, the, the humanoids and the arboreals are all like, well, this hasn't gone well. And there's more conversation about... The aquatics are going to take a while to decide. There's a lot of repetition here. And then they explain to Archer how the sphere builders first approached them and said, humans are going to destroy your planet. And that at that point, the aquatics were like, mm, we need more. We can't destroy them without evidence. And the 
sphere builders showed them a video of them destroying the planet. And I was really hoping we get to see the video and it was just be like a scene from Flash Gordon or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so good. That would be brilliant. <laughs> but we don't. It's, it's literally just like a beach ball in like a in like a sort of a room with a black curtain and somebody's blowing cigar smoke over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's I think it's one of the very first issues of, of Fantastic Four where Mr. Fantastic stops an alien race from invading just by showing them clips of horror movies and going, We have all these monsters, you don't want to come here and they're like, Fuck and run away. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. But then they go back to the Enterprise, and Degra and Phlox are in sick bay, and Degra's going, "Hey, if I could get this, we could, uh, we could maybe convince them this is more evidence, and the Aquatics will respond to visual stimuli." And then Trip walks in, and he's like, "Oh God, it's the mass murderer who killed my sister." <laughs> and Degra's like, "Yo, sup?" <laughs> Jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> but they have to work together to do something that we're not really told much about at the moment, but they have to work together to do something. And so they, they don't bond, but they do work together successfully. Yeah. It's just kind of a admittance on Degra's part of like, you don't like me. It's okay. I wouldn't like me either. Yeah. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, but mainly your sister. (laughs) Wait, he's mainly become his sister or he's mainly the destroyer of destroyer of destroyer of, Destroyer. I am become death, your sister. Would you like me to dress as your sister, Mr. Tucker? It's like, I'm not working with you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there we go. This is where Degra finally does sort of respond to Trip and says, look, I hate that all these people died and it sucks, but I can't change it. And now if I don't, I'm risking my life to help you. So ask God account for something. And Trip's like, I'm just going to go do my work. You come with me and do your work. And we're going to do work together, but in silence. Yeah, there's a lot of easy ways that people could go about saying things. And they absolutely never do in these shows. <laughs> you are it's, right. It's so frustrating sometimes. I can't even can't even razz you over this because you're absolutely right. They just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know that it's like, oh, you've got to create some kind of tension and you can't leave everything resolved after a conversation because otherwise they'll never have another conversation so jesus okay it's just just say i was freaking lied to man you don't have to fucking like me but understand i was lied to that's why i did the thing i did yeah but it's just that's just part of writing drama for tv i guess isn't it you got to create that and yeah anyway we cut back to the sphere where travis is monitoring things and the, the three of them who are in the sphere, they arrive at like a power core thing that they're going to get take with them. And then Travis says, oh, I just detected a real subtle movement not too far from you. This real subtle movement is a massive claw bursting out of the walls. It didn't look subtle, but you know, what do I know? I got a theory about this. Travis was at no point detecting that giant robot worm thing. He absolutely was picking up Malcolm's squeaky farts. <laughs> they squeak. <laughs> that is a subtle movement. Okay, I'll give him that. <laughs> but he tells him, and Malcolm's like, well, let's get this thing out fast. <laughs> so then we cut to Archer's ready room, and Degra turns up and says, hey, we did the work, and I have to say, Trip did his work really well, even though he hates my guts. And Archer's like, I don't really know how to respond to that. Again, this 
I have to say, the pacing of this episode felt strange in certain places. That was one of them, where it transitions from, oh, danger approaching, to Archer quietly sitting in a very soft, humming office, hitting buttons, going... Well, that was that was an act break. So, if you'd been watching it on network TV when it first aired, there'd have been adverts. There. Oh, adverts! Okay. Yeah. yeah, Archie was playing pong also in that office. <laughs> <laughs> and then Archer says to Degra, "I went to the future Enterprise," and Degra says, "The one you met last week." He's no, 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 a different one. And this was the Enterprise J. And Degra's like, "What does that mean?" And Archie says, "I haven't really thought about it." But anyway, there were people and Zindi working together on that ship. And Degra goes, "Oh, did you see them?" He goes, "No." Future Man just told me and gave me a stone. Oh. <laughs> People yeah. and Zindi. For real. When Archer <laughs> said, I went to a future Enterprise, and I genuinely had to go, which one? Yeah. One of them was the future Enterprise from the past, so that's entirely different. <laughs> the issue with this is, he's like, yeah, humans and Zindi are working together, but they're working together on a human ship, so maybe the Zindi are enslaved by the humans. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to tell Degra that, is he? No, no, no. But if I was Degra, I'd be like, eh, why is it not called the Degra? Because <laughs> that's a stupid name for a ship. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's a name. You got got to call a ship something. <laughs> so we go back to the council where Archer and Hoshi go back down, and this time on their way down. Archie says, oh, Hoshi, I went to see the principal because I passed notes to a girl. She didn't want to come to my party, but then because I went to the principal's office, she did come to my party because I'm a bad boy. <laughs> okay, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, and as she's saying, oh, maybe some girls like a bad boy, sir. They're just walking past these two lizard men who are like looking at them going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> They're both bad boys. <laughs> Also, it was totally for writing Admiral Johnny Archer on all his work when he hadn't actually attained that rank yet. That's what he really got sent to the office for. <laughs> Nine-year-old. <laughs> so he presents more evidence, which is with Degra. They put together a hologram of the biometric readings Phlox took of the Sphere Builder they found in that pod that one time. And they show that to the council. Go, look, is this a Sphere Builder? And the council's like, yeah, it is. But, you know, you could fake that. And Degra has to say, well, no, they, they can't make these holograms. I've had to make the hologram based on their data. And then the Aqua people go, that's a sphere builder. <laughs> and they're like, yes, yes, it is. Would you like us to pour more flakes into your tank? <laughs> yes, please. Nom, 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 nom. Well, except the insect men, they're like, it's not a fucking sphere builder. You should leave now. But then, right, right, Dolim says, I would like to hear more of your evidence, please. I am not suspicious at all. Because what we haven't mentioned yet is a uh, sphere builder has visited Dolim and said to him, oh, hey, um, Archer, right, his evidence is bullshit. And then one of Dolim's mates goes, yeah, but is it though? And Dolim's like, fuck off you. And the sphere builder basically then goes, all right, fine. Everything Archer's saying is true, but you want to rule the world, don't you? You want to be in charge of all the lizard men and kill some humans? And Dolim's like, yes. Yes. Yeah, he's basically don't embarrass me when I'm talking to God ever again. Mm. He really does say that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we now go back to the sphere where T'Pol's trying to put out the memory core, and then the claw gets to them and it just vaporizes Captain Expendable, so he's dead. Can I, I don't know, this might not be something that you can easily remember, it might not be a detail you've ever focused on, but how many Star Trek deaths don't leave a body? 
surprising amount. Well, yeah, really. is it a majority? Yeah, they get end up getting vaporized or something. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you can vaporize people with a phaser. Sometimes people get like transported to another dimension. In one episode, somebody's face gets disappeared. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds that sounds like Black Mirror esque. It's genuinely one of the most disturbing like mutilations in the whole of Star Trek, and it's yeah. one of the early episodes as well. Mm. I said that without even realizing that that is exactly what Black Mirror did in the Star Trek episode was steal people's faces. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, but a lot of people do just disappear because it's cheaper than having a body lie there, I guess. No, I get it. I get it. It's the same reason Buffy the Vampire Slayer had the vampires turn to dust because they didn't want to have to explain all these corpses lying around. Yeah, that was like the clever one of the cleverest parts of of, of that whole thing was just yeah, yeah, they just disappear because you cannot have uh, an undead TV show set in the in the real world without having to explain a lot of corpses. <laughs> I mean, explaining missing people is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is, I don't know, Angel in Los Angeles kind of had that problem, didn't it? Just it turned from vampires to demons who don't dust when you kill them, and there's just demon corpses everywhere. But they were also just walking around LA at night. They weren't dead. They were yeah. just walking around. So. I like that green lad. You remember him? Well, he owned a whole bar, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bar. The whole thing was that he just... Yeah, he owned it. A... Anyway... The claw starts chasing Malcolm and Paul back to the shuttle, and then Travis flies into the sphere, shoots it with the phase cannon on the shuttle, and picks them up. While six more claws come at them, but then they get out, and everything's fine. Hooray! We cut back to engineering, where Trip says to Archer that we're 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 struggling to get everything working. I can maybe give you like warp three point four, but everything's still fucked. And then Degra and another Zindi walk in, and they're like, "Oh, hey." Majority have agreed to postpone the weapon launch, including the lizard men. And everyone's very happy. And then Trip says, Hey, Degra, I don't like you, but I respect you. Can you help me fix my ship, please? They do. And then they go fix something, we assume. Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I've just got an ad popped up now. I'm on Memory Alpha looking up Tucker Smallwood's Zindi character, which he named himself, by the way. Oh. And there's an ad at the top of my screen for Manga Masters. Pick my tear. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> there you go, Elliot. You've infiltrated Matt's devices. <laughs> I'm not anime incarnate. <laughs> all your bases belong to me, or all your bases now belong to me. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a scene where Degra's sitting in his quarters. He's looking at schematics of the Enterprise because he's going to help them do rebuilding. And then Dolim comes to visit it, and he's all like, oh, I don't like this avian place because the avians are dead and they're failures, and I don't like that. And Degra's like, okay. And then Dolim just flat up murders Degra. We skipped over the portion of the episode much uh, much earlier in the episode where Degra says that he killed a kid. Yeah. Kill, uh, well, he his own grandson had like a deformed right arm, and so Dolim killed it. Yeah, so Degra was already like, this guy kills his own family members that are kids, so I don't want to work with him. So we we kind of had this build-up. How did he get into his office? Why did Degra not have somebody on the door? Or a gun. Since yeah. when does having anybody on a door make a difference? <laughs> or a pepper spray. A yeah. Pepper spray. It's all, he's, he's calling Degra a traitor because they found out that Degra blew up the Lizardman ship a couple of episodes ago, and... Degra does start trying to say, look, I had no choice. They were going to destroy us. But 
Dolim is all, no, lizard men are strong. I kill you, and then we're going to launch the weapon. Fuck you, buddy. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was kind of dramatic. Like, as soon as he stabbed him and then just got all in his face and is like, I'm killing you, and I'm going to kill your fucking wife, and I'm going to kill your fucking kids, and then everybody's going to be fucking dead. I love killing. It's just like, Jesus, okay. This got just really into the killing all of a sudden. What I've, um, <laughs> I've not been able to stop noticing recently is, so my, my wife and I and, and our friend were watching the new uh, Scream movie, which is really good, by the way. I enjoyed it okay. immensely. And Mario pointed out that if somebody dies in a film, they just bleed from the mouth. And like, obviously, I've seen this a million <laughs> times over. But he's like, he stabbed him once, like in the solar plexus, and then he drops to the floor and like bleeding to the mouth, almost bleeding from the mouth almost immediately. And you know, if someone's bleeding from the mouth, they're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how you know. So Degra's dead. Degra, who you know has become a recurring character. He's the only Zindi whose name we knew for a long time. And, and yeah, actual consequences. Well done, Enterprise. So we then go back to the Enterprise where Trip goes to see Phlox and says, oh, I was angry, but I've decided to let my anger go now because something about friends. And Phlox says, you have other friends? Where are we going with this? Hey, let's go to the mess hall. And then Trip says, you lost weight? And Phlox says, I've got a tapeworm. <laughs> what was this about? I don't know. I think it was a scene to try and show Trip's attitude towards the Zindi softening slightly, but then it I got lost in the tapeworm stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wondered at the end of this episode, like I'm all to be like standing around, like like laughing and high fiving, and somebody ends up high fiving like the tapeworm coming out of yeah. Flox's ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. There we go. And then Archer, who's in bed, we get a nice shot of Porthos, and then Archer wakes up, and he's not wearing a top, but he gets a communication from the Zindi other primate dude that isn't Degra. The pack, played by Tucker Smallwood. There we go. Thank you. Who was in Babylon 5. Oh, yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he played Franklin's dad, I want to say. I think so, yeah. I think so. And he says, so Degra's dead, and the reptilians have called an emergency session, and um, you could be in danger. So Archer orders a tactical alert on the ship. And then we go back to the, the away team who's doing their shuttle pod, and Malcolm's all angry that someone else has died. And he does say something about how the acceptable loss on a mission like this is 20% of, of your crew, and they're over that now with Captain Expendable being dead. So T'Pol says to him, it's all right. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And Malcolm says, you stole that from a movie. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> so then we go to the council. And I was genuinely, I couldn't remember this episode very well. So I was genuinely quite surprised that Dolan's just like, fuck yeah, I killed Degra. Because I was expecting him to try and frame Archer for the murder somehow to turn oh, the rest yeah, of the Zindi yeah. against the humans again. And I was quite glad they didn't do that and just had him go, yeah, I fucking murdered him. That would have been so tiresome, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. After another two episodes where Archer clears his name. Yeah, exactly. But they don't. They just go straight into, yeah, we murdered him. Yeah, we're going to blow up the humans. You can like it or lump it, mate. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this to happen this episode. I was fully expecting this entire episode to be dealing with all political bullshit council trying to sway people through. So I'm kind of glad that yeah, somebody went, nope, pushing the button, bam, and pushed the button. <laughs> yeah, and the others indeed do say, well, you can't, you need three codes to, 
to launch the weapon and you're not getting ours, you're not getting the arboreals and you're not getting the aquatics. And the lizard man goes, I've got a plan. And then, okay, so they launch the weapon and this is really bad CGI with a big hole opening in the ground in like a really poor Thunderbirds vibe. Yeah. And then the, the reptilian ships and the insectoid ships sort of tow it into space. And then there's a big firefight in space with the Enterprise and the other Zindi ships trying to blow up the weapon and fighting against the insectoid and reptilian ships. And having said the weapon launch CGI was terrible, I did really like the space battle. I thought the shots there were pretty cool. cool. Yeah, This is probably the coolest scene of Enterprise I've seen so far. This battle was awesome. There were so many different colored lasers (laughs) and the cinematic... Generally, the camera shots were really cool as well. Like The cinematics were cool in this... The, the the effects are as high as they're gonna get for like a Star Trek mm. show at this time. I totally understand that. This is like as far as it's gonna be able to go. But it I thought it was whilst maybe not expertly choreographed or anything like that, it, it really serviced it really well. It was probably genuinely my favourite part of the episode was the space battle. I was half expecting you to just finish it. I liked the colours. <laughs> that is probably a big element of it. <laughs> but yeah, and then the reptilian ships, they, they, they get the weapon away, and they also manage to transport Hoshi off the Enterprise bridge, and they go into a vortex, and they're out of there. And the episode ends. I did not know they had transporters. No, they haven't used this is the first time we've seen the Zindi. I mean, we knew they were more advanced than the Enterprise. I, I genuinely thought that. That was a thing that the humans had. Remember the episode where they were like robbing shit off the Zindi on that planet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that that's how they got away with that, was that they had transporters so they wouldn't suspect any skullduggery. Yeah, you've mentioned it, yeah. Well, they've developed it between then and now. Yeah. Reverse engineered it from seeing the Enterprise use it. (laughs) Yes, like, oh, a matter transported. We've had this technology all along, we just never thought to use it. (laughs) been off at the mains since we got it yeah that's right but so i i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was all pretty well done and a nice finally ramping things up to for the end of the season which is super close right two episodes is it two more episodes yeah so close i didn't mind the last like quarter of this episode but most of it was waffle to me I thought it was all very effective. I liked all the council scenes. I thought it was very well paced, to be honest. I thought the pacing was, was great. and Because they managed to get a lot in without it feeling too busy. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. With Enterprise, and I agree with, with Elliot on an earlier point, is there it was probably a bit of fat they could have you know trimmed. But uh, yeah. I, for Enterprise, it was, it was a fairly action-packed episode. The space battle was really fun. A kind of like the, the weird little like sphere subplot was kind of a bit odd, but it, it passed as far as I'm mm. concerned. It's just like a C plot. Yeah, it was fine. It was uh, it was uh, definitely a ramp up from previous season finales or set of penultimate penultimate episodes. Anyway, I'm starting to accept that like my view of things is is skewed in specific areas. If you say that this serves this plot well, this episode and stuff, and that's fine. I'm aware that I just generally hate this plot i hate zindi i hate the future elements and the bombing and the things that have happened that they won't expand on it's just all terrible to me so obviously i have a bit of a skewed perspective when it comes to how things did and didn't serve it itself but 
I can stand back and at least say why things didn't work for me. And this episode didn't work for me just because probably it just because it leaned into the entire thing that I don't like at the moment, which is the Zindi plotline. Like I don't like anything about it. Would you be angrier though if they just suddenly dropped the Zindi plot without ever resolving it like they did with the uh, <laughs> or what do you mean? Or the temporal cold war seemingly. Hey, we got two episodes of that to go. Yeah. But I think what, what you said, Matt, about trimming the fat, I think there's a thing we forget sometimes, which is that at this point in time, these TV shows were made for TV networks and they yes. had to fill a very specific time. So they had yeah. to do, I think it was like 44 minutes, yes, I think, exactly. of an actual show. And they, when you're doing then an arc plot like this, you have to start your episode in one place and get it to somewhere else by the end in very specific places. So, yeah, I think that, you're always going to get episodes where there are like repetition, as we mentioned earlier and other bits that in yeah. like in a modern streaming show, you just cut it and have a 38 minute episode instead. One of the, um, one of the, a caveat to add to that as well, having sort of written to a similar kind of specification myself in the past is that you can literally write a 44 minute episode of something, give it in. And then a fat trimmer comes along trims out the fat and then somebody comes back to you and says uh we need another seven minutes because we've trimmed out <laughs> which is going on so yeah i do appreciate that and this is one of the const- sort of constrictions of network television i guess when when you're mm-hmm. sort of uh, working on these kind of things yeah I, you know it, it's why i guess I, I i sometimes i'm a little bit less harsh on this than, than elliot is because you know it's it bull- they're writing in a bullshit fucking system <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. And that Manga Masters advert has just popped up on my memory <laughs> alpha as well. So yes. <laughs> probably he's infected us with his Naruto's. There's a fireman whose feet are on fire. What the fuck is that? That's like yeah. a terrible fireman. <laughs> um, do we want to say anything more about the council before the manga gets us? Oi, no. Okay, well, our next episode is the penultimate episode of Season 3 of Enterprise. It is Countdown. I think I know what this one's about. It's it's a flashback episode to Archer's best friend as a child, uh, as a test pilot, the Count from Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) And his ship gets shot down. And Archer has to rescue him. <laughs> it's him relating that story while they look for Hoshi. That's yeah. a great way to end your end your series. <laughs> Jonathan, I'll be fine. <laughs> One green light, two green lights, three green lights, a red light. Oh no! Ah ah ah! <laughs> Down I go. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week for countdown. <laughs> in the meantime, please check us out on the into one in the the into one online. <laughs> yeah, check us out online. The internet that www.variousplaces.com. Yeah. Check us out on the world wide web. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, on the information superhighway. Yeah, I was just going to say that, but I was going to say it with a lisp like Jim Carrey's character from Cable Guy. 
There are links in the description, though. You can just click on them. You don't even have to press www. Just click on the links. It'll take you to wherever we are online, <laughs> social media. Also, there's a link in there to our coffee. That is a place on the internet where you can give us money if you think we are worth it. Don't feel you have to. We appreciate it if you do. Every every penny goes back into the show. Give us money it. so Elliot can have his medicine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the medicine we give him to make him like Star Trek. It's it's like a yes. clockwork orange, but we show him Star Trek instead. Oh, clockwork oranges are not the same anymore. I haven't taken my pills <laughs> since 2020. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Were they the only <laughs> thing stopping you from transforming into a goat? Yeah, but it's fine. Things haven't been that bad. and with that we're out of here (laughs) thanks for listening everyone take care bye Bye. everybody